Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Man, I really miss our student athletes. I, I really, they, they provide such energy, at least for me personally. Uh, we had a call, a Zoom call with our student-athlete advisory committee, so probably 20-plus student-athletes. And, uh, I mean, just almost brought tears to, to, to my eyes just to see them on the, screen, on the screen, to have the conversation with them, um, just, to, just to be with them, to, to, to understand and, and talk about what they're going through and, and what's important to, to them. And, um, man, I just – I, and and I know I'm not just speaking on behalf of me, but my, but the staff, the coaches, um, just I'm really looking forward to, to seeing our student athletes. And uh, you know, I don't I don't even know if the new normal if we're not going to be able to, to to provide hugs, but man, I hope we can. And I'm looking forward to to, to hugging our our student athletes and letting them know how much how much we love and care for them. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. That is Mac Rhodes, Baylor's Athletics Director, and he kicks us off on our final Sikkim Podcast for this 2020-2021 school year. I'm John Morris alongside Brooke Bednars, and it'll be a little different this week, Brooke, as we uh, look back on the year of Sikkim Podcasts. Exactly. This is the first year of the podcast we launched it. Uh, with what you guys just heard from Mac um, back on April 9th, 2020. And this is now our 64th episode that we're releasing. And so we felt um, as it kind of wraps up this school year, finally, a year mm-hmm. that seems to have been, you know, never ending, um, but had so much to celebrate. Uh, we felt like it was important to kind of go back and not just pick all the highlights, but kind of walk us through the story of this past year since April 9th. And I think, you know, the way Mac just put it, it's the, it's the best way to do that. You know, we really were missing our student athletes and um, I know I'm not just saying that for myself. I know you agree. It was like a ghost town around here and that could be felt um, even by president Linda Livingstone over on the campus side. It's unbelievably quiet on campus, and we're so used to walking out of our house and seeing students walk in front of our house, behind our house, and uh, just all over. And then when we walk on campus with our dog, Boo, you know, we're stopping and talking to students, and there's just not nearly as many students around. So uh, we hope to have students back in the fall, plan to have students back in the fall, and so it will be so nice to have that energy around. I will say there was one student that's living on campus now because he couldn't go home that was asked about it and was it lonely or anything is, you know, I view it more like campus is at rest for a while. Uh, and I like to think about it that way, but it's beautiful on campus now. We've had so much rain and, and it's quiet, but uh, we miss all the students a lot and can't wait to have them back. Thankfully, John, 
our students are back on campus. We've had a very successful year. We had in-person classes if they chose to. We also had um, in-person graduations to celebrate 2020 and 2021 classes uh, of our students over at McLean Stadium. And uh, it, it's just been pretty neat to look back and to remember you know, where our leaders were and where their mindset was as they were navigating something like the COVID pandemic that no one had ever been a part of. And I think that, you know, I don't just speak for myself, but they led so graciously and it all stemmed from, you know, the Christian mission of Baylor athletics and the fact that that's where they truly leaned, leaned into in order to get their strength to lead us in this department through this, um, the unknown we were having this conversation today and, 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 uh, I'm certainly will never be mistaken for a pastor, but, um, <laughs> we were talking about Matthew seven twenty four through, through 27. Right. And it, and it reads, you know, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock versus the man that that didn't you know listen and and built his house on on sand and and really for us um i think that galvanizes um who we're trying to be in, in terms of an athletic department that that we're genuine um in, in terms of our belief our, our walk with god our walk with christ and that you know when when you face crisis right um, you find out really quick, you know, did you build your house on rock or did you build it? Did you build it on sand? And, uh, we are far, far from perfect, but I am so proud of all of our staff. I am so proud of our student athletes because I think we're trying and we're working really hard to, to build our, to build our house on, on rock. So much great leadership through this year of COVID and the pandemic uh, from President Livingstone to Mac Rhodes. Think about the year for Kenny Boyd. He's our associate AD for health and wellness. And uh, we had a lot of health and wellness issues over the past year. But Kenny did a terrific job, as did Dr. Monique Marsh-Bell. And uh, here is uh, from June 10th of last year, part of our Sikkim podcast with Kenny Boyd and the challenges that he is facing. As an athletic trainer, if someone gets hurt and tears an ACL or breaks an arm, there's a typical, aside from a few complications, there's a typical timeline and a plan of action as to what to do to get that student athlete back on the field or court. Um, but with, with what's going on right now, there's no real plan. There's no real outline. You've never had to deal with anything like this before. So how has that been kind of taking the mindset that you have from your time as an athletic trainer and approaching this very unknown situation? It's a great analogy. I think that, you know, where I draw to in this, in this conversation is take the ACL for an example, recovery for an ACL for an athlete is, you know, they're anywhere from six to 12 months. Um, you can talk through kind of some norms around that. That's a long time for a, an 18 year old to think about what they have to do for a year to prepare themselves to be healthy again. And so you compartmentalize that into, into different checkpoints, different goals throughout that, that time. And, and so you start to break up that year to, you know, weeks or a few months at a time. And I feel like that's where we are right now. We're, 
you know, if you try to get down to what October, November is going to look like, you just really would drive yourself, you know, just uh, bonkers, just trying to think about all the things that you have to figure out. Um, but if you focus in on what's the, what's the task at hand, you know, getting the kids back on campus, getting our coaches back in their offices and planning for their years and uh, our staff back together, that's, that's our primary objective right now. Um, we are putting plans together for what the fall looks like. And, um, but I think what everybody's understood and what I've started a lot of my meetings with is what I'm telling you right now is going to change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we need to be flexible enough and not so rigid that in our plans we can't adjust. And you learn that through taking an athlete through an injury rehab. Um, everybody responds to an ACL recovery differently. And uh, if you don't um, approach it that way, that you're treating the individual and not the not the injury, um, then sometimes you lose sight of that. As we record this, uh, June 15th is right around the corner. That's the date the Big 12 has has settled upon when football players, student-athletes, can come back uh, in uh, on a voluntary basis and do individual work. Uh, what, what's your comfort level with that date and bringing them back then? And um, uh, what are the steps that you go through, you know, to getting them back and going again? Well, I wouldn't be fully transparent if I said I was 100% um, uh, confident. That's I mean, fair. I, I think yeah. there's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, I think everybody feels like let's put all of our, our systems in place. Um, and and I, think, I think we're in a position right now where we have a lot of great people, experts speaking into our preparation phase. Um, it's not just um, our, our internal athletic department staff. It's our... Um, our partners and team physicians at, at Southwest Sports Medicine, um, Baylor Scott and White, huge medical entity that, that we can draw a resource to. Um, you know, Campus Health Medical Director Dr. Stern uh, has been in, in all, a lot of our conversations in preparation and uh, assisting us through this, this phase, uh, communicating with Waco Public Health and, uh, and, and, and them being able to guide us through some of the, the challenges that they've kind of seen as well. And so, we have a lot of great people speaking into the process. And so I, I feel confident in that. I feel confident in the plan that we have. I feel confident in, in the resources that are around um, this plan as it continues to, to, um, to lay out over the next couple months. And as we bring our student athletes back to campus and our staff, um, that we have a, a great plan that the university, the athletic department has put together um, uh, to be able to get people back in in, in, their, in the building and, and on the field. That is Kenny Boyd, Baylor's Associate AD for Health and Wellness. What a great job he and his entire staff have done. Think about the trainers, everything that they had to do, and the protocols this year. It's been unbelievable, and they have all done such a terrific job. They have, and it, we would be here all day if we tried to name them all, but it, it was such a team effort. Everyone had to adjust on the fly, figure out how to best serve our student-athletes. Um, Dr. Monique Marsh-Bell uh, was also on that podcast with Kenny, and you know she had to switch her entire mental health department to Zoom, and that's not the same thing, and we all became experts on Zoom, and uh, you know... A, a fun a fun note here that it even affected the NFL mm-hmm. and Bears in the NFL. Uh, here's from the one and only RG3, Robert Griffin III. I just worked it out to where I worked out literally on the street, wow. uh, right outside, um, and did all my workouts there. For the NFL with the Ravens, we do them on Zoom. So 
it's a little awkward, right? But at the end of the day, you get it done. And uh, coach is sitting there counting your reps <laughs> and counting your rest time. And, and I just did that. And uh, they sent us some equipment. So I've been literally working out, you know, like the, uh, what do you call them? The grease heads or the juice heads right in the, in the middle of the, of the driveway at, at my house. <laughs> and all the neighbors are looking at me like, what is yeah. this guy doing? <laughs> and uh, so it's been, it's, it's been interesting. And I've probably run on concrete way more this offseason than I probably have in my life. But um, you have to do what you have to do to stay ready and get ready to go. So I, I was able to, now that some things are starting to open up, uh, I've been able to go to SMU. One of our receivers who was drafted, James Crochet, went to SMU. And, uh, you know, Jamo, I know you know that Coach Kaz is there also yes. at SMU. So Perfect. I've had a connection there to, to kind of go there and train for the past couple of weeks, but it's only been on the field. So not the weight room or anything like that. They're, you know, they're still concerned about, about this virus and rightfully so. Um, so I just had to make, make do with what I have. And honestly, my wife has been catching for me for three months now. And uh, she, her hands are phenomenal. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. I'm like, man, who am I going to throw to for these months when everyone's on lockdown? And I got my wife some gloves and she's been catching for me for three months. And it showed up because my first day throwing with our guys, uh, I was on point and I was ready to roll. So she's a you know, big part of this offseason for me. John, I don't think RG3's wife will ever forget being his <laughs> wide receiver out in their neighborhood streets. Uh, I don't think any of us will ever forget this past year, what 2020 and 2021 turned out to be. Uh, but I definitely have a feeling that men's golf coach Mike McGraw will remember it better than any of us Ever. Yes, I have no question about that. One of the podcasts uh, over the summer, this goes back to July 29th of 2020. We sat down in his office with Mike McGraw, Baylor uh, men's golf coach. And one of the subjects that to me is just so fascinating is his linear continuum memory. Well, I, believe it or not, I came up with this when I was seven. I was explaining this to my <laughs> assistant coach at Oklahoma State because he said, how do you have this memory? Right. Uh, and what got him started on this was because the guys would always quiz me on PGA Tour, major championships, whatever, and I'd just knock it out of the ballpark every time. And Alan always thought that was pretty good. And then finally when we got smartphones, you could Google something to check me, fact check me, and that was fine because I was answering them correctly. Yeah, right. And one day somebody said, uh, the Rolling Stones are in concert in Dallas. I said, yeah, you know, I saw them. November 1st, 1981. <laughs> and Alan Brown, <laughs> Alan's driving the uh, the – he says, Coach, I don't know. No, He's calling <laughs> no way did you do that. So one of the guys got his phone out and Googled it. And sure enough, the Rolling Stones were there. And they were with the fabulous Thunderbirds, the Pat Travers Band, and um, ZZ Top. And it's like I, I said all that. And he was going, how do you do that? And so that, then I explained to him this linear continuum. So it's an oval, a linear oval. And what part of the year do you want to last the longest as a young kid? You summer. Want, you want summer yeah. to last the longest. But ultimately, it's only three months, but you want it to mm -hmm. last. So that's mm -hmm. one of the long uh, arms of this oval. And then what, in reality, what part does last the longest? Yeah. School, School year. It's nine right. months, and it lasts the longest. So it's just a long oval for each year. And plotted on each one of those ovals is the months, uh, January all the way through around to December. And I would just kind of, if you say a month and a year, Right. Say one right now, and I'll tell you what 
when it was going on in my life. Okay, August of 1977. August of 77, okay. Elvis Presley died on the 16th of August that year. He was 41 <laughs> years of age. People fact check him. No, my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom did survive cancer that summer. Uh, I uh, played in the state junior and at Surrey Hills in Oklahoma City. And, uh, yeah, I got a horrible sunburn, and my senior picture is just a terrible senior picture. Oh, my god! Yeah, it's really bad because I've got a burnt, burnt sun right. burn. Um, uh, yep, so that's what was happening right then. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So that's it, wild. Every year. Can you then, bottle this? Can you, uh, you, can bottle <laughs> can you market share this? It? Yeah. <laughs> if I was interested in uh, sports or if I was interested in music or any sort of pop culture or whatever, if something was interesting to me, it's it's on one of right. those ovals. Right. So that's kind of an unusual deal. And Alan Bratton was telling me, he said, that's not so amazing. What's amazing is a seven-year-old came up with that. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I just had to kind of start organizing my life and remember all these all these things that were happening to me. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, and that's, you, that's another book for you. Yeah. Right? Just <laughs> that. Yeah. That's a psychological. I mean, that's a psychiatrist is what that is. <laughs> I need to go. I need to get help for that. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. You're tuned into the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, and this is our best of end of the year Sikkim Podcast, going through some of the highlights from the uh, from the school year. Sixty four editions of the Sikkim Podcast, counting today. It's been fun, hasn't it? It has been so much fun. Hearing the number sixty four is mind blowing to me. I feel like we just started this podcast yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you think of when you think sixty four? A lot. Okay. <laughs> a lot. I think NCAA basketball tournament. And we'll oh. get there. We will get Ooh, there later like in this that. podcast. But another big part of the year, of course, dealing with COVID, dealing with the pandemic. But it was also uh, the launch of the One Campaign this year by Baylor Athletics. And uh, it was a year of, uh, you know, a lot of attention paid to social injustice, racial equality, those uh, really hot topics, really important topics. But it was interesting that Baylor was ahead of the game, really, with the One Campaign. Exactly. The One Campaign wasn't something that was started in a reaction to what was going on in the country. It was really um, part of a greater plan that had been started even years before uh, that was focused around justice, equality, and love, um, mainly from the Cultural Humility Working Group led by Corey Pinkett, Assistant AD for Character Formation, 
as well as Joe Gonzalez, Director of Digital Media here at Baylor Athletics. And they did such a great job, and uh, we had them on the podcast. It was uh, early September, September 10th of 2020. They described the uh, the one patch that was on Baylor warm-ups, Baylor shirts. It was on warm-up shirts for all of our sports. It was very prevalent all season long. Uh, Student-athletes had a choice of uh, what they wanted their patch to say in a Bible verse. There were several options of a, a verse that they could choose to have on that and uh, on our podcast as we mentioned in September we visited with with Mac and with Corey and with Joe talking about the launch of the one campaign and its importance everyone continues to read up more on this one campaign and everything that Baylor Athletics is doing to further unite not just our department but the community around us Um, I do want to ask you your uh, thoughts and opinions and just how proud you are of the fact that our athletic department has already been taking steps forward with the cultural humility group and the fact that we've been having staff huddles and those conversations as well that are going to continue. And this campaign just continues to boost that effort forward. Well, I, you know, Brooke, I, I certainly appreciate that, that question. And, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't be, be more proud of, of our student athletes and our staff and our coaches. And uh, this, this idea of equality has, has been important to, to all of us um, long before, you know, just, just months ago, right? It, it started this, this idea again of treating each and every person with dignity and respect and, and, and loving one another. And so again, we're, uh, we're certainly far from perfect, um, but we, we started this journey, you know, years ago, and, um, and we're going to continue on the journey. And, and I think that this, uh, the, the one campaign uh, has, uh, will, will, uh, will allow us to, to even move, you know, further um, forward and, and faster and, uh, and again together. So, I am uh, I'm excited about it and certainly really, really proud of our, of our student athletes, our coaches and staff. Corey, how do they feel about the fact, because they get to make a couple of different choices when it comes to this stuff. They get to pick the Bible verse. They get to pick the word on the shirt. And so, therefore, they're having a say in this, and it, it is, goes back to one. Everyone is a part of this together. It's not just the staff kind of pushing this forward, but the athletics, the teams kind of going with us. They, did they like that? Was that a positive response as well? Here's what's interesting. The, the student athletes have a lot of, there's just a lot of energy around them right now. A whole lot of energy, a whole lot of passion. And what's interesting is when we showed this uh, to the teams, one of the student athletes sent me a direct message and she said, one was what I threw out in our SAC meeting. Like we chose one. And I yeah. said, cool. we did. Yeah. How awesome is that? Right? Like, <laughs> Your voices were heard, and that was one of the options that was considered, and it ended up being selected. That's really cool. And I, I couldn't remember who it was until she texted me, but I thought it, that it came mm-hmm. from a student. So I, I do think that they appreciate the opportunity to be able to have a voice into what the scripture will be or what the shirts will look like. And um, we'll see what that looks like team by team. But they appreciate that because I believe we have a lot of our student athletes right now who are very passionate about wanting to see change, who are very passionate about wanting to have actions outwardly displayed that are showing that we're 
on board with moving forward and eliminating social injustice and racial injustice and regardless of what teams we play for or what our ethnic background is or what our socioeconomic status is or where we come from, like we're all standing together for this. And I, I believe that them having the opportunity to choose helps provide them with a platform to be able to take action. And then as has been mentioned regarding the campaign, there's a variety of other ways that teams will be able to take action as well. So I do think that they're in favor of that. And I'm excited to see the shirts and how things um, move and what's selected and what they choose to do. But they, they are generally, they're excited, but I would say beyond just the one campaign, I've seen a different type of student athlete this fall. And it's a group of students that are saying, we want to be a part of the change. We want to use our platform in a positive way. And I mean, in this evidence two weeks ago, they did a student led walk, got almost 300 people from our athletic department praying and walking and talking about social injustice. So if that's not evidence that our students are like, yes, let's go. I don't know what is. So I do think Brooke that they're, this will be a great step towards the right direction. And I think that they're fully on board with that. And, and some of them are going to be like, this is a great step. And now let's do a whole lot more. And some will be like, this is a great step. Let's do a little more. But I do think it's something that all of them can rally around and something for our athletic department to rally around and be ready to push forward. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. To say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednarz and John Morris. John Corey is so right. The one campaign was a huge step for all of Baylor Athletics, um, advancing that discussion about equality, justice, and love. But it wasn't the only big step 
that we're going to talk about here today in the Best of podcast. Yeah, exactly. So part of the 2020 football season, this was the 40th anniversary of the 1980 Southwest Conference championship team at Baylor, of course, coached by the legendary Grant Taft. And at one point, we had uh, some members of that 80 championship team with us, running back Walter Abercrombie and quarterback Jay Jeffrey. And you mentioned one step and uh, launching the team into that great season. Well, let's uh, go to part of that conversation with Jay coming off a bitterly disappointing non-conference loss to San Jose State mid-season. The Bears were facing a homecoming game against Arkansas. This was uh, the podcast, and here is former Baylor quarterback Jay Jeffrey. So now we got to figure out how to win the conference and how to put ourselves in a position to still win a national championship. And uh, so, uh, you know, before the game, as we're getting ready to go out, it was Kyle Woods had been hurt in the before the season started in 1979. And a lot of people know the story of Kyle and the damage to his spine and his neck and it was paralyzed. And uh, and our team and Walters, Key and Red R. Holt and a bunch of other guys in helping Kyle through the rest of his life. But before that game, Kyle Woods is sitting in his chair right before the game is getting ready to start. And we go in the locker room, and Kyle is sitting in his his brother's behind him, uh, Daryl, and uh, and Kyle is just talking. He says, you know, I had a grandmother raise me, and uh, and as I was going, she would always say uh, in life, you take a setback and you make it a comeback. And he said, that's what I want you all to do. And then Kyle stood up and actually took a step, the only step he ever took in his life. And so when he did that, the team went nuts. That was quarterback Jay Jeffrey of the 1980 Southwest Conference Championship team. The Bears, like he said, went on to turn that setback into a comeback and defeat Arkansas 42-15. And, John, that's a theme that carries into today's athletics as well with head football coach Dave Aranda looking to continue to build upon his first year as head coach looking to this next season. It's always good to remember kind of where you, what it's been and where you've, you know, where you're coming from to put things in perspective. Last year, I felt like a stepdad in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, it was hard. I think it was, it was hard on for the players, I'm sure, because, you know, losing and then um, just being separated. There's guys that were, you know, uh, were a contact traced. And so they'd be quarantined for how long and then get back in it and, and so there'd be a, a procedure you'd have to go through to get back on the field and then you know a couple of days later find that they do have COVID so now they're isolated and so just to go through all of that with just the you know the outcomes that we had and um, so I feel I feel for that on on their side of it you know just the trying to get to the year previous and then for me right trying to get the real connections and to get the um you know that team feel was always just such a struggle because you'd want it you'd want it to be something and you'd work really hard and you could feel that it just wasn't as much as you tried and so I don't know I I'm not been a stepdad but I could I could uh, I I empathize with others and I could see that that it could be like that where you just want to have that connection or that feeling yeah. or that recognition mm-hmm. and you just you know it hasn't been earned yet but uh, certainly happy where we're at. 
things definitely more normal for Coach Dave Aranda and Baylor football. They had a full spring practice. They're going through summer workouts right now and uh, preparing for a September 4th season opener for 2021. We should let you know that Baylor football season tickets are available now at BaylorBears.com or at 254-710-1000. And one more thing to note is that McLean Stadium, as of now, is expected to be at 100% capacity. John, that is something we've been hoping to be able to say for a long time now. So be sure to go get your season tickets, and we will see you at home for the opener on September 11th. Looking forward to that from one head coach to another head coach. How about the season for Michael Woodson in Baylor men's tennis? They just are so appreciative of the opportunity to be here at Baylor and to be competing together for something bigger than themselves. Um, that it, it is an, it's an interesting group because we have a large team. We have 14 guys. Uh, we have five super seniors. We have five freshmen and, and everything in between. Uh, and so it's a, it's a very different group with, with four grad transfers, um, you know, than, than a lot of teams. And so even though a lot of the guys are new to Baylor, um, we have a phenomenal group that love each other so much and that, you know, just appreciate every opportunity they have to go out there. Uh, and, and our, our goal has been to compete anywhere at any time against anybody. And I, I would say that they're doing a really nice job of that. It turned out to be an amazing season for men's tennis and now head coach Michael Woodson. Uh, they finished national runner-up in both indoor and outdoor tennis. Uh, just congratulations to them. Um, a, a great season. But now we're going to transition to the women's side. They have a new associate head coach, And, John, she knows a thing or two about winning. (laughs) I would say so. It is uh, one of Baylor's all-time great women's tennis players, Linka Brusova, a member of the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. All she did was uh, – All she did. Yeah, this is all she did. Here's a (laughs) sampling of what she did. She leaves – she left Baylor at number one all-time in career singles victories with 154, first in career doubles wins with 120. She was a three-time All-American. American in doubles, a two-time All-American in singles. How about this? Help Baylor sweep Big 12 regular season and tournament titles every year of her Baylor career. So four straight years. That was 2007 and 2000 through 2010. But one of the things we talked to Linka about was uh, the impact Baylor had on her spiritually during her time here. Um, I got saved at Baylor my, um, you know, junior, senior year and so definitely that, you know, road started at Baylor and then everything that I went through had a reason, you know, me from Tommy John surgery to me not being a professional tennis player, which now looking back, it was the greatest thing that happened to me um, to being, you know, going to Tulsa and then coming back. I mean, yeah, everything it's def- like Joey said, my plans were far worse than what God had planned for me. So I'm beyond grateful and yeah it is a huge part of you know who I am and I believe I'm a better coach because of it and uh, that's why I'm also another part why I'm excited to come back to Baylor you know because Baylor is such an amazing Christian university and it's exciting to be back and be able to you know even talk about this so that's I love that in Texas there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail guess which one hit our house We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, 
We're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Next in line. This is the Sikkim Podcast. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. You know, John, after a season last year that was cut short due to the COVID pandemic, I think it is perfectly acceptable that they had the best confetti shower <laughs> that Coach Felicia Mulkey has seen for the sixth straight NCATA National Championship for Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling. They deserve all the confetti after that. Thank you for having me, and I do want to go ahead and shout out to whoever was responsible for the confetti. Oh, it was it great. Was, there was a lot, lot of confetti, great. so I'm sorry to whoever had to clean it up, but it was probably one of the best confetti showers we have seen. Okay, sorry. don't ever apologize <laughs> yeah, for cleaning up confetti. Well, let's do it. I'll go out and clean it myself <laughs> if we need to. But wasn't that great? Wasn't that a great scene? It, what a great celebration. It was wonderful. It was a lot of fun and a great, a great end to an uncertain year. I love it. That was a great season, uh, six straight NCATA national title. And I think we've got the market cornered, don't we, on green and gold <laughs> confetti? Because yes. that wasn't the only confetti shower in the Farrell Center this year. No, it was not. We had uh, both basketball programs winning the Big 12 championships as well. The women won their 11th consecutive Big 12 Conference Championship, celebrated appropriately with confetti on the floor <laughs> in the Farrell Center. And then the men won their first Big 12 Conference Championship. So for the first time, the Baylor men and women were Big 12 Conference champs in basketball in the same season. That was huge for the players like Jared Butler. We're going to come back 10 years now. We were the first team to ever win the Big 12 Championship. Um, we're going to have a trophy in the hallway next across from all the girls. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all worth it. And, um, yeah, I'm just glad I can be a part of it for sure. After their first Big 12 championship, they went inside the bubble for the NCAA tournament. It was something that, you know, no one had ever had to experience, but we found a way to continue the podcast and bring you all exclusive content. We created our own Inside the Bubble series where we had the opportunity to visit with the players and coaches as they experienced the bubble and continued on in their March Madness bracket. From Indianapolis, inside the bubble, we visited with uh, associate head coach Jerome Tang as Baylor prepared for their NCAA Final Four semifinal matchup with Houston. First time two Texas schools have ever mm -hmm. met in the Final Four. And then following the national championship, culminating the season of joy, we visited with Baylor head coach Scott Drew. Man, that's, I told Jared Butler, so after the game, man, we're, we're hugging, and I just told him, I said, Jared, you know, as a kid, I watched Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and then I went out, and I, I pretended I was them, you know, and right now, there are kids out there that are pretending they're Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell and Macy Oteague, and there's some young high school coach out there who dreams of being a college coach one day and being in on the stage and 
um, that was me and at one point in time and I mean I, but to that person I say it can happen to that kid I say it can happen you can be that that guy and it's um it's just really cool and to be able to to share the mission of Baylor you know and what we are about and to be unashamed about our love for Jesus and our love for others you know and and to be able to to share the gospel openly you know and and to allow the 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 young men and the character of who they are and what they're about to be on display and this this is unbelievable and I'm thankful that uh, God chose these guys to be the ones well, and you, and you saw the ratings of the game, 16.9 million, which was the highest viewed basketball game since 2019 NBA Finals game six. So uh, uh, a lot of people viewed the game, a lot of uh, people uh, uh, witnessed it, but then obviously it opens opportunities uh, following the game. And we have so many players with great personalities that have done so, so well in all their interviews and represent Baylor University and our culture of joy. What a season, culminating in the national championship, the win over Gonzaga in Indianapolis, culminating a season of joy. Uh, It was just so great. Uh, And then how about the parade in downtown Waco? Very well attended. More confetti in downtown Waco. (laughs) More confetti. Oh, it was so great for the coaches, for the student athletes, for their families to be involved in that. And the Baylor basketball family extends – quite obviously to the former players that Coach Drew was so gracious about giving credit to for laying the foundation for what this team accomplished this year. Absolutely. He'd been here for, what, 18 years? And to see all of the players come back who were a part of building that foundation to celebrate with their families, with the current team, in that shower of confetti uh, that was probably harder to clean up than in the Farrell Center. (laughs) But totally worth it. Uh, The culture of joy could just be felt from everyone, not just here at the athletic department, but in the, in the city of Waco and, and beyond that as people were traveling in for that parade to celebrate. Uh, but, but to no one's surprise, um, we were able to visit with Deputy Athletic Director Don Rogers, who is also the sport admin for men's basketball before the season even started. And John, that's actually where the culture of joy conversation began. I think what's what makes it so special is, and, and John, you see this every day with this team, this group of coaches um, work so hard. They really do work to put the student-athletes first. Um, they have such a cr- commitment to running the program um, in the image of Christ. And then to, to see them be successful along the way with that, it just makes it even more rewarding because I feel like they do it for the right reasons. They really have created this great family of, you know, of men that care about each other that, you know, you look at somebody like Mark Vidal, you know, he's so close to getting his degree. He'll leave here as a Baylor grad. He um, will do a phenomenal job in life. I hope he gets a chance to play professionally for a long time. He's kind of created this niche for himself of, you know, just being one of the hardest working guys, most uh, selfless guys out there on the court. Um, And those are all the little successes that you really enjoy and appreciate when you see every day how hard everybody's working. Just so happy for Mark Vidal, all the players on this Baylor team, what they accomplished this year. Just a great 
great accomplishment for Baylor men's basketball. Mark uh, did, uh, we should update uh, you and let you know he did receive his degree. He walked uh, at graduation, becoming the first member of his family to receive a college degree, definitely new beginnings there with Mark Vidal. Absolutely. New beginnings for Mark Vidal and the rest of our student-athlete graduates this year. Um, but we can't just stop there. The new beginnings continue with the Lady Bear basketball program and welcoming new head coach, Nikki Collin. It's this place. You know, it, it was not a... Look, I didn't go to the WNBA because I had aspirations of being a WNBA head coach. I went to the WNBA because it was an opportunity to work with Kurt Miller at Connecticut, who was a good friend and a mentor and someone that I'd always wanted to coach with. It wasn't necessarily a destination, um, you know, and two years later I was a head coach in the WNBA. But, you know, it's about individual opportunities. It's about the right place at the right time. It's about what's best for your family and, and uh this was just too good an opportunity to pass up. You know, whether I'm the next legacy at Baylor or a footnote in Baylor's history, when I let, when I hopefully retire from here, like I want people to feel like they were treated right, that they were loved, that I poured into them. Um, and not just this team, but this community and this university. And, um, you know, I, I want to touch so many different areas while I'm here. Yeah. New Baylor women's basketball coach Nikki Collins, she has hit the ground running, and uh, it's great to see how she already fits in so well. I mean, she recognizes the uh, the culture here at Baylor and the four pillars, and she is bought into that completely. She's a great fit as one of the newest hires, one of the newest hires here in Baylor Athletics. John, I think we'd be here all day if we tried to name all of the new faces here at Baylor Athletics. We're thankful for them all, though, uh, but we did – get the chance to visit with senior associate AD athletics chief of staff, Jill Van Z, And she spoke to the heart of our executive team here at Baylor athletics and why she is so thankful and why we, I think she worded it well for us too, why we are so thankful to work for them and for Baylor athletics. I've walked alongside some difficult situations and I know the heart of, of this team and the individuals within this team. And I've said that, you know, to, in conversations with them in conversations with campus partners, you know, I know the heart and everybody wants to do right. Everybody wants to do the best for student athletes, the best for the department, the best for the university. Um, and so um, I think I think the beauty of the chief of staff position is that that foundationally is already there. Now we just work on enhancing it. How do we get better? Mm -hmm. How do we do it better? How do we, you know, you know, cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that that is, is, is where, um, where I hope I have the greatest impact is not that we're starting from ground zero, but that we're going to just make it that much stronger, that much better um, than, you know, for whether it be for student athletes, whether it be for staff um, and just the university. We, we want, um, you know, the front door to Baylor University usually is your athletic department. And so, you know, how do we make that front door just bright and shiny gold? We hope the Sikkim podcast this year and a year of the unknown in a year of unprecedented situations. We hope that the Sikkim podcast has been 
a front door to the Baylor Athletics Department for all of you. Uh, It's crazy to think that we've had 64 episodes, but I think this one does a great job of kind of walking us through. It's the best of, of walking us through what this last year has been. And it's been good for us to go back and to remember all of the different things that we've been through this year together. Yeah, so many highlights for us to uh, visit with uh, folks related to Baylor Athletics, those here in the athletics department. We're going to take a short summer hibernation, but we'll be back in the fall with biweekly editions of the Sikkim podcast. And Brooke, I, I already can't wait. Can't wait till we get going again. Looking forward to it. We hope that you all will join us next year for year two of the Sikkim podcast. And thank you so much for joining us on this journey so far. For Brooke Bednars, I'm John Morris. We appreciate you listening to the Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim podcast. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.